everybody. This is Issa, Cosette, the producer and host of Issa's Way, your favorite podcast that uplifts amazing people around the world. And today we have a very special guest, another one of my great Obsidian fam, the Courtney Conrad, a Jamaican poet who explores themes of migration, religion, and womanhood. She's also an alumni of the Library Emerging Writing Program, Malika's Poetry Kitchen, Barbara Khan Young Poets, the Great Obsidian Foundation, Roundhouse Poetry Collectives. She was the Eric Gregory Award winner, Bridgeport Prize Young Writers Award recipient that was shortlisted for the White Review Poets Prize, Manchester Poetry Prize, and Oxford Books International Poetry Competition. I mean, the list goes on. I am just in the like the presence of the great. Like, come on now, wow. right? Her poems have appeared in Magma Poetry, Poetry Wales, The Right Review, Stan Magazines, Bath Mag, and many, many more. She has performed at festivals, including Glastonbury Festival, Brainchild Festival, and the UKYA City Takeover. Her work has been commissioned by the Museum of London, Institute of Contemporary Arts, Victoria and Albert Museum, Tate, Britain, the African Center, BBC, One Extra, I mean, hello. If you didn't know that she (laughs) is the poet to be she is doing the work she is sipping that tea it's just such an honor to have so much um to share thanks for having me look it's appreciate and thank you for saying yes because i know you're trying to play shy and cool as if you're not this yeah because i'm seeing some big names from on this and i was like right and i've actually listened to a couple episodes i'm like this it's a big people podcast now. And that's you. And why, why, why would you not be on the mention? Why would you not be able to think that you are not great? Come on now. You're right. You're right. Look at the work right. that you've been doing. Tell the people a little yeah. bit about Courtney. I was born and raised in Jamaica. Um, moved over to England um about 12 years ago. Um I still can't believe I'm a writer slash poet, like. It just doesn't make any sense to me. How I started poetry just... <laughs> so yeah, I feel like when you walk into rooms with everyone, they're like, oh my God, I've been writing poetry since I was a kid. I love literature. I've been reading books all like since I came out the womb. That was not my story. I hated, hated, hated reading. I hated literature. I hated English class. It just wasn't for me. I was more so like the sports kid, like get me in any type of sports. I was playing national sports, regional, like that was my bag. And then fast forward to probably like first year of uni undergrad, I discovered like button poetry and I rinsed that, I rinsed it. So like the Rudy Francisco's Andrea Gibson's rinsed it. And I was like, wow, this is quite cool, you know? And then fast forward to my second year of undergrad, I was like, all right, let me try this thing. Um, and I went through my bathroom. I don't know why I felt like this is how poets write. But I went to my my like accommodation bathroom and I turned on the the shower and it was extra hot. And I was like speaking to myself like uh, 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 like cat back rat like that's all I was on like trying to rhyme. I'm like oh damn like this slow key don't sound that bad. Um and yeah that's where the poetry journey began. And then I did Unislam, which is like a poetry slam for university um in England and yeah that's how it, the journey started 
going back to you saying that you really weren't interested in reading or writing when you're in Jamaica, right? And you were definitely mm-hmm. like into sports. And that's how my upbringing was as well. Like, even though I kind of dabbled and dipped sometime, I didn't take it seriously, right? Until I got to university. And I think once again, we we're talking about certain spaces that like kind of shape us. So maybe can you talk about the differences or similarities of Jamaica and then being in London and how that kind of tapped you into writing versus like the spaces that you had in Kingston where you were just like, and the reasons possibly why, you know, um, mm. I, I talk about how I didn't come into learning about um, African diaspora, Caribbean diaspora women's literature until I got to my my graduate studies program. And it bothers mm. me because I, I definitely would have tapped into my creativity more at a younger age if I was reading these novels and fiction and poetry, right? Before. Yeah. So do you think that played into why you didn't write or what? Yeah, I feel you. I was thinking about this the other day, you know, like, so the only Caribbean poet I knew about was like the dub poet, Louise Bennett. And that's because he had to like do these plays and um, in school, you, there was no escaping that. That was drama class. So you had to. But other than that, I wasn't familiar with any, either that or I didn't pay attention in English class, but I, I'm pretty sure I was like, they didn't like bring any Jamaican poets to the forefront being like oh guys um this this we always did like William Shakespeare and all that um so like I'm a bit gutted that my writing career didn't start in Jamaica because I remember moving over here and when I first started poetry and because I was listening to listening to button poetry I was writing what I thought I should write so I didn't think anyone would be interested in like the Jamaican stories or the experiences and then also I was speaking with an American like accent and I remember the first workshop I did Roger Robinson <laughs> he read me for it um I stood up and I read my poem and he was like hold on hold on hold on well obviously in a Trinidadian accent but he was like hold on hold on hold on where are you from and then he was like so I was like oh yeah like Aylesbury Buckinghamshire and he goes no 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 where are you really from and I said Jamaica um, and he's like, so with the accent gone, I, when I tell you, I wanted to bury myself in that room. But that is when I found my voice as a poet. That incident was what, like, as soon as I went home, I wrote a poem and it had hella power lines in it, which I, I wouldn't know. But yeah, I, I really am gutted that my poetry like journey didn't start in Jamaica because I feel like there would have been so much more to tell I feel like now I'm doing a lot of retrospective writing and obviously the gaps can't all be filled in but um yeah I really wish um it started back then shout out to Roger Robinson and the tips Uh, that he be giving us right to really pull out our voice because sometimes like you said we it's oftentimes we try to reflect what we read or what we think other people like you said want to hear because yeah, being in Obsidian made me realize like, no, there is a story about being a Liberian American person growing up and then also living in the Caribbean. Also the fact that like, I was a musician or I wasn't like an athlete mm. growing up and I can't erase all of those things. Um, and so I feel you with trying to remember and fill those gaps, but also think there's such a power in like discover, dis- discovering your voice and also having people mm. really pull you out of yourself because sometimes we're conforming. We don't even realize that we're kind of trying to fit in these boxes and we're like, no, 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 But we can tap into so many. So what have you discovered about your voice as you developed your writing process? Yeah, so I feel like 
Uh, I think these past couple of months, um, I've really realized how much shame like held my pen hostage. So like I realized everyone has their own story, their whole baggage of like experiences, trauma, whatever it is. But mine was just holding my pen by force. Like I could not be vulnerable for the life of me on the page. Um, And I had a mentoring uh, workshop with Tolu Agbalusi and who is just an absolute G and I owe her everything too. Um, but yeah, I had a workshop with her and she was, we were talking about our relationship with shame. And I think she asked me something. So it was simple, but it wasn't even simple. It was like, whose shame is it? Is it yours, theirs, or both? And for some reason, that one question unlocked so much for me. And I just stopped bogging down my poems with like a bunch of imagery. Because what I would do is hide what I wanted to say in imagery. So I was thinking that I was saying what I wanted to say, but really it was so hidden behind so much imagery, like it couldn't breathe. And then the readers couldn't really get what I was trying to say in terms of like the vulnerability that I was trying to display on the page. And I think another thing I learned was also, I was just really hard on myself and I didn't know the concept of rest at all. Like for me, if I wasn't pumping out, this is kind of still true to this day, but I'm a little bit better. But if I wasn't pumping out four poems a day, I felt like I either wasted the day or I wasn't a real poet. And I also got trapped in like this perfectionist thinking of like, okay, if I don't know everything under the sun of poetics, how to do a perfect line break, how like every form under the sun, then I wasn't a poet and I didn't, it didn't make sense writing a collection or like a body of work. And I think just breaking myself of those during this writing process. And also big up to Rachel Long, who's actually taught me how to enjoy the writing process. Cause she'll be like, don't just think about getting to the end of like having this bank amount of poems, like actually enjoy the process of writing. And I feel like that's where I'm at now. So yeah. I love that. I love that being able to enjoy the process too, because I think we put so much pressure on ourselves and like, that's when it comes to like, we start to dislike our work because like, that's how I felt like with poetry writing at one point with my PhD writing, it's just like, man, this is just too much. And like four poems, I thought you was about to say four poems a week. She said four poems a day, sis, hold on. I was on some crap back then, wow. I was just pumping them all. But you, I'll also pick up Cecilia Knapp because I used to have workshops with her and she, used to, she has a, you know, when you go church here yeah, and your pastor has a sermon that matches exactly what's going through like what's going on in your life Cecilia Knapp has a way of bringing poems to a workshop that is just the perfect poem that you need to like unlock their stuff going on in your life and I, every time I had one of those after roundhouse I was just pumping out poems on on the on the train so yeah that's where I got that like working find your working inspiration and like I think like in that community because I know I've seen some of your stories where you're like on the train after a long day or like by yourself and just like you know what comes in those imaginations and those spaces when we are silenced right or we Mm. get to kind of process or reflect so I think it's like um vital that we have these moments and also these people for real for real you know who can Mm. influence and inspire us and I wanted to know um you know, what inspires you so much about poetry to keep showing up and keep finding your voice? You know, yeah, I think it's how my poems can tell 
my readers as well as myself more about me than I can in a normal conversation. Um, there's a certain like freedom and safety I find on the page to be myself and to acknowledge my experiences that I have yet to find an experience in real life. Like I'm kind of getting, yeah, I'm getting there with like the vulnerability and being open up in real life and stuff like that with my everyday people or with people that I love. But I think there's just something on the page, especially before. So what was happening when I decided to move from stage to page um, basically, I couldn't remember anything from my childhood, like anything. But then, like a couple months ago, I started writing these poems, and I'm like, these poems are from somewhere. They're, these experiences are from somewhere. Um, and what I didn't know was I was right. My like my I was writing what had happened, but I didn't have memory of it. So obviously, we do therapy on like that. Bam, bam, bam. And I just couldn't believe how much I was able like all my truth was on the page and I didn't know it was my truth so that was a bit of a mind like f like I was just like rah like these were poems that I was producing and I couldn't tell whose life this was but it was mine I just didn't remember it um until yeah I'm packing it in therapy so that would be that would be it yeah no shout out to like the safe <laughs> practices that allow us to remember and not be so triggered and like how you were able to age mm. and not be like intimidated by it. Um, speak my truth and so thinking about our younger selves and the memories that we tap into and you growing mm. into your vulnerability what advice would you share with your younger self oh I've mm, two I think to tap into vulnerability I think it was just learning how to forgive myself, learning how to let go of condemnation, learning how to let go of regret and shame. And those things are, they're not easy. <laughs> it takes a lot of prayer. It takes a lot of seeing yourself. It takes a lot of therapy. But I think that is what has helped me to become as open and um, transparent as I've become. Because that was very hard for me up until a couple of months. I think yeah, it was, for some reason, being transparent and open was very, it's not my survivalist um, go-to, like, my survivalist go-to is fleeing, um, and just everything seems to be a threat, um, so I think, yeah, just taking the steps to um, letting go of the shame that you have, forgiving yourself, um, and letting go of condemnation for sure, and I think also in the grand scheme of things, I think being patient and knowing that it's God's timing and God's timing is the best timing just because like you don't one big thing I learned is like just because you don't have what you want at the moment it's not because you're unworthy of it it's just like maybe God needs to develop your character before giving it to you or maybe he's still like developing you and preparing you um for what you hope and wish for so just like chill out he, he's got it under control just continue to do the work and eventually like everything will fall when it's meant to fall and yeah, where it's meant to fall and you'll be surrounded by the right people at the right time. Y'all received that word, Pastor Poet Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like we need that. Definitely the patient, definitely his timing as well because 
yeah lord knows lord knows mm-hmm. um but just in the development and i think about and that not only just in our own lives but when we think about our, our writing process like there are some things that we write and we think like okay this is it and then you go back and it's like wait it's just not that it's timing yet or there's other things we have mm-hmm. to work on and then you may find another place or that it may speak to another person or um yeah just just even for ourselves because I think in this world we are just so hard and I think about Mm. how so much is expected from us especially as black women wherever we are in the world and so we carry those burdens with us but to be able to like know that we are in a line we are divine and things happen in their smart in their perfect timing then we just have to just keep Mm. doing the work and just keep working on ourselves Uh and keep showing up and also um, make room for not only to, you know, love on others, but also love ourselves because we are great and we deserve, you know, to be healed for the stories that we share, for the shame that mm. was kind of pushed on us, right? And so to have a space um, um, and to be around such creative people who are writers and poets and artists around the world, I think um, this is so inspiring just to hear how you're transforming, you know, um, those experiences into, into power. And so I know a way for you to share some of your word is you had a poet, <laughs> poem that you're going to read with us today. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's titled Cursier um, and a little context. Uh, basically, when growing up, they called, they labeled or year the Cursier because we just had like loads of friends pass away of just random, random ways. Um, and it became quite traumatizing but I don't think we realized how traumatizing it was like we all became so nonchalant to death um eventually that we're just like oh someone else passed or oh who's next type thing um and I think it took me years to write this poem um this is one that I started ages ago and I just wasn't getting it right um and I don't even know if it's right to stay I think it's something I'll always be tweaking to because of how dear it is to my heart but um yeah this is cursier one, Lipsy. We never cared about backwash. Lipsy's igloo carried holy water that rescued us from heat waves. His backpack was a supermarket with a payment plan. A clipped curb turned our friendship group into a shattered windshield. We brought our own igloos and surrendered to our mother's cursings. You know much pit near road war food? Stew peas tasted better stale anyways. Two, trouble. Trouble and I demolished our bun and cheese, bolted up and down the corridor, found an empty classroom, slapped window blades shut, signaled to our friends. We guarded the door. His obnoxious cackle and fake cough muffled our friends' moans. After school, he drove to football training, his Honda wrapped around a light post the way our tongues did with licorice during our shift just minutes before. Three, mackerel. In another world, we would have gone to the club. You would have eaten birthday cake from a stranger's cleavage. Instead, we went to church, sat beside the demon posed as brethren, as they sounded their dreadful trumpet, bullet pressing into your forehead, the altar was deep red. Could falling short of God's glory have saved your life? Four, speedy. Did you see 
the stadium's silent standing ovation for every race you would have won. During cool down, we dove into grief, sat at the bottom of the pool, imagined our lungs full, held our breaths until your broad shoulders and eight pack made a blurred appearance. When you vanish, we resurface, inhaled and went again. Five, pigtail. At her desk, she could see her mother parked waiting for the school bell to ring with a box of beef patties and an, and an icy Pepsi. She didn't know her empty desk would be a tombstone. I didn't know it was her head and not the patty when the wheels started rolling, says the car. I'm used to killing your friends when they're inside me, says the car. Why couldn't I pull up my handbrake, asked the car. The car asks, was it my fault or her mother's? Her mother's harrowed howls louder than my alarm and horn, says the car. Pigtail, you were four feet of good manners and brains. Yeah, that one was a hard one to write. That took forever. It just, yeah. Wow. First of all, like just the imagery, like you said, and being able to still like they're in different spaces, different collections, right? From from Lipsy to Trouble to Macro, mm -hmm. right? To just the, the notion of the pigtails. And I just love, you know, how like even that conversation at the end between the, the car and her and who's fought like that blame game that we kind of put ourselves when death happens, right? We always kind of questioning that why and mm. the, uh, even, the, wow, even the notion of like sitting beside uh, a demon that looks like your brother, like just these lines, it's just, it's just like we're playing. But the end, the last part, I can't remember the name of the poem, but I know it's a Tanya Shirley poem where um a girl dies as well and like i think it's a friend she kind of wished you know death and literally the girl got hit by a car i cannot recall a poem right now but mm. it's um a merchant it's in i believe it's in the merchant of feathers that book you know yeah listen tony shirley is a G listen yeah she i just found out the other day i was at a award show with um malika buko and she malika was like yo tony shirley just read your poem um on a zoom uh with stan magazine i was like you're lying when i got the video of the recording i was like listen yeah let me pass out now you look the way so she great. just brought home to my soul she brought home like i just felt there is a long time i have i i haven't felt like jamaica like but when i watched that recording mm. i just i felt i felt it i it was i felt the sun on my skin felt the jerk chicken I felt the jerk pork and festival I felt everything and I'm just so grateful to her for reading yeah. that so yeah big up Tanya Shirley yes so much respect for her so much respect for your wording your writing and the way that mm -hmm. you're able to like put this pain on the page and also be able to reflect because it takes time right it takes time to be able to process death and grief and and these aren't things that just go over a day so um, as you continue to write and hold space for yourself and others, may your words not only just transform you, but also give power to your truth. May your voice never, ever, ever feel small. May you never feel like you're not worthy. May you also mm. continue to win the awards and also make the change because <laughs> soon come people going to be like, yo, shout out to Courtney <laughs> Conrad. Cause if it wasn't for her voice and her truth and her imagery, I wouldn't be able to do this today. So um, thank you so much for just sharing just that little piece of your, of your poetry. And um, 
I appreciate you for creating the space. How are you you on your way, Courtney? Wow. Um, I love this question so much. Um, I'm on my way to being the best version of myself, Um, being anchored by God and not culture, and just also being the poet I couldn't even dream of being. Like, I feel like I'm on the cusp of, like, dare I say it, greatness true I'm gonna say it because I don't I don't I don't I don't have myself enough but I I feel like um I'm trying to make these poems act as a testimony of like how God has been on my life and just his hands been there every step of the way and I just yeah I I mess with my poems they they're there to me and yeah so becoming the poet that I couldn't dream of even becoming well you definitely are and you definitely are great and if you ever i don't think people will stop telling you this but if you ever forget i'm gonna be up in your dms you know what that's like hey yo i appreciate you thanks for having me tell the people where they can connect with you where can they support and read your readings yeah um courtney conrad underscore on twitter and then courtney conrad poetry on instagram um and then yeah i'm in like various things magma uh white reviews just search my name and you shouldn't be able to find it but yeah you know you know you know made it when people like yeah just google me (laughs) no 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 i'm screaming i didn't even read it like that because i don't have i don't have like a full body workout together in one place that's why (laughs) but but that's coming that's coming watch yeah that is coming i'm I'm working on that so keep your eye out for that but yeah oh just know you are my radar you are in my prayers and i just continue to just i can't wait to see what else becomes of this you know thank you for just you know sharing this is just a little bit and it's so funny (laughs) like not not even just like a month from now a few months from now we're gonna look back and be like yo look how much she's done it it, since this episode dropped or look how much she's done and she was talking about she definitely but also big up my community as i said my my writing community they're there's so many people to list but i'll just list like names of the actual community so obsidian obsidian group e brown house uh barricon young poets uh Griot wells sunday session fam like everyone knows um the people who've contributed mpk like yeah there's so many people and so many ogs as well so yeah pick up cecilia nap rachel long tolu agalusi um, like a book of, uh, yeah everyone knows who who contributed but i i couldn't be the poet i am without like community so mm. i'm grateful shout out to them to all of our wonderful listeners wherever you are in the world just know that your voice is important that your story needs to be told so find your community tap in to your writing and let that truth set you free until next time this is isa cosette y'all be blessed Thank you.